Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome. You're listening to the Love Life Podcast Show with Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And this is your weekly relationship show. We look at love, sex, emotions, and all kinds of stuff about living a healthy, happy, beautiful life here on the couch. So please join us for the next half hour. Today, we're going to be talking about luck. Now, this is such an interesting one, and you're going to see as we take you through how it not only applies, we will talk sort of about the theories behind it, and I'm going to talk about it a bit from my point of view being psychic and spiritual, um, but we're also, of course, going to look at how it you know, um, affects your life, your relationships, uh, and those expressions that people always use are, you know, oh, you're just, you're just lucky. Well, is it? Is there such a thing as luck? Jane, do you believe in luck? I think I believe in a bit of luck, but I get really offended when I'm told all the time, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. And I think, no, you create your own luck. It is really about believing and connecting and doing and showing up and turning up and being consistent and reliable and and loyal and having great integrity, being open and aware and being able to grab an opportunity and see it and live life bravely and boldly so that you can, I guess, be lucky. Yeah, you've got to be incredibly proactive in your life. What is that quote about 99% of it's just showing up? It's yeah. like you just said, it really, really is. Because, And you know how I think we're, we're, we actually have a lot of this phenomenon right now in the world because there always seems to be overnight success stories, you know, whether it's, oh, so-and-so just got discovered on YouTube and now they've got 8 million followers or so-and-so just, you know, her book just got picked up and she was on Oprah for a whole hour and she's number one New York Times person. Well, you know what? Usually those people behind the scenes have been slogging away for up to 20 years and and often even just before their big moment in the sun, they had a crushing collapse. And actually you can see this all the time in graphs where they chart people's success. People often have a very deep dip or a slide just before they go the highest they've ever been. I think they call that the J-curve. The J-curve, that's right. It's really fascinating. And I think I love that definition of, you know, behind every overnight success is 10 or 20 years of hard sweat and tears. I always think of Naomi Watts with this because, you know, she was in her 30s before she made it as an actress and actresses are always freaking out about, you know, if I haven't got it by the time I'm 21 or 18 because, you know, I'm losing my looks and I have to be young and I have to be hot-bodied and tight and bouncy and blonde and all of this. And, you know, Naomi Watts plugged away for 10 years like you know going into dead ends and failing or not getting jobs before she made it in Hollywood and in fact Robert Pattinson who is of course the Twilight boy you know household name he the day he received the call that he had got the job at Twilight the day before he had just about given up acting he had basically said to the universe I'm done I am through that's interesting and then he got the call I actually think that the word luck is actually resilience And I find, I love Abraham Lincoln. How many failed political campaigns (laughs) did he have? I remember reading his very short bio once and it was such and such a year, went out for whatever, Senate, whatever, failed election. (laughs) Next one, he went for one step higher, failed. One step higher, failed. It was incredible. But, you know, I think that where I have been very blessed I had two very unusual parents in, in one way, in that particularly my mother, from the moment I was born, she brainwashed my brother and I, and I mean seriously brainwashed, that we could do and be and have anything that we wanted. 
And I can remember being as young as in my early 20s and, and, you know, already kicking some nice goals in life and sharing with people that I just truly believed I could do it. It wasn't a fake thing. I had this very deep belief that I could do anything I wanted to. So it wasn't arrogance. It was a very deep-seated, genuine belief. So I'm now doing what my mum did and I'm brainwashing my kids and hoping that the same results because when we have this genuine belief, it actually doesn't matter what life dishes to you. You just go into it. Problem solving, here I am, off I go doing it. Because you might call that a lucky mentality, for example, which this is about attraction, the law of attraction stuff. So, I mean, if you are going about your day and, you know, you've always got that glass half full take on things such as somebody steals your car park, doesn't matter, there'll be one for me at the end or end of the row and there always is. And the person with you goes, gosh, you're lucky, but hello. You've positive thoughted yourself all the way there. That's absolutely <laughs> right. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. All the way there. <laughs> and yeah, that's right. So once we've got this true belief, then it's about gathering evidence again. And I always use this. What evidence are you gathering to create your reality? So off I go and I decide to form my first company, which was a, a dance school. And I had expectations of opening the doors and having hundreds of students walk through the door. Well, the first day I had two. Oh, can I be crushed by that and gather the evidence that I failed? I'm no good at this. I shouldn't have done this. I should shut shop. Or do I go, wow, two people have got this. They've come through the door now. If I really please them, they're going to go and tell, I'm going to say they're going to tell 50 people each. Well, the reality was that she went and told one person each who came in and I had four and then I had eight and so on. So I kept goal setting and believing and gathering the evidence to support that what I was believing while the maths might have been a little bit different to what the reality was, it still was succeeding and I still can do this. So that then buys longevity. That then buys persistence, consistency. One of the biggest things that I think that we need to get over in our society is is thinking that you can have everything all at once. And again, this goes back to that five minutes of fame stardom. It all just should rush into your lap. And it's almost like because I deserve it or just because I should, you know, like I've had people come to me and they'll be like, well, you know, I, I just set up like um, a meditation website and, you know, I was just going to be like that guy, the first guy with the, with the most, world's most amazing meditation website. And he just expected to kind of almost overnight just have thousands of hits and just be really well-known and be famous. No, it's almost like a universal law, people. It just, life doesn't happen that way. Stuff just every now and then something will appear to fall in somebody's lap but unless you know the true backstory to that it's never it's not just luck and it's not just random chance you know they weren't just luckier you know and you shouldn't even bother being jealous because there is always a hell of a lot of backstory that brought that person up to that moment as to how they got there and I know nobody likes to hear it because we're a quick fix band-aid society if you get a headache you want to pop a pill you know you want something you want it yesterday okay but when it comes to truly getting the big results in life and the deep soul contentment out of stuff in life like your relationships your job your soul purpose hard work and like I just said I know nobody wants to hear that but you have to keep persisting it is not luck how you view that hard work is interesting as well though do you view it as a hard slog and you're not getting any joy 
or are you viewing this as this is the greatest opportunity I've got and I'm loving showing up every day and moving towards my goal? And while I am in the moment, this is my goal because my goal is to be in this moment working towards my long-term goal while I am achieving what I'm achieving in this moment to get towards my long-term goal. I love that, Jane. Yeah, absolutely, because it is about your attitude. And you know what? I do call it hard work, but if you are doing what is your life purpose, you know it's not going to feel like work. It's going to feel like play. And, yeah, I mean, it might be there might be mornings when you get up and you think, oh, but I've got a lot to do today. Like it's going to be – there is going to be like, oh, this is going to be a big year for me. But, you don't, yeah, you don't have to use the word hard. No. It doesn't have to no, be like that. No, that's right. But, but we're talking about elbow grease. We're talking about blood, sweat, and tears because, do you know what? Things feel so much more amazing when you've earned them when you have earned them. And I want to talk about the lotto. The lotto really annoys me, actually. <laughs> I and know it does. It really pushes my buttons <laughs> because because I'm a psychic and I do have people come sit in front of me. And I'll tell you, as a psychic, there are five things that every person in the world wants to know. And I bet you can guess them. Go on, Jane. What's the first one? The lotto Lo- numbers. No. That, well, oh. first one is love. Yes. The second one is Money, right? And then the, the how long am I going to live? And, and am I going to die? And no, no, never. Oh, don't they? No, they don't. But it's only love, career slash finances, and then it's things like house, health, travel, okay, or family, okay. But then when we're on the money topic, you always get people that say stuff like, "Oh, am I going to win the lotto?" Because somebody once told me I'm going to win the lotto. I've just got this feeling. I've just got this feeling that I'm going to win the lotto, and it just drives me nuts. <laughs> Why does it drive me nuts? Because it's unearned. Do you know my first company when I started that, there was a moment that I actually deliberately stopped buying cross-lotto tickets. I was so excited by what I was creating by myself. It It was filling my love bucket up for myself so much that the last thing I wanted was to win money to be able to do it easier. Do you know, my husband and I have sat down and had hypotheticals before and, you know, we're both pretty driven people and that's why I married him because, you know, we're pretty similar in that regard and we've had the conversation if my mum and dad died and all of a sudden we got this massive inheritance or if all of a sudden, you know, your mum got us a lotto ticket for Christmas and it was the lucky number, you know, would we actually want to have everything we've ever wanted overnight or would we prefer to go away and do four more decades of hard work to get it? And you know what the answer is? We want it. We want to earn it because yeah. it feels better. It feels fantastic. And you learn so much along the way. Life skills, karmic, spiritual, emotional, mental. Like you have the most incredible journey to get there. It's like a movie. You'll meet people. You'll fall down. You'll get back up. You'll have surprises. There'll be twists and turns, things you never imagined that are even better than you ever thought you wanted. And you'll have all of that and more if you just get out in the world and play the game. That is so beautiful. I love that. I love it. I also found the greatest thing that I got from being self-employed with my little business was self-worth. I knew I could rely on me. I could provide an income. I could provide a lifestyle. I, the buck stopped with me and I was so capable of achieving what I needed to I achieve. I love this. And nobody and can ever take that, that away from you. stayed with me forever. Now, I now have my fifth or sixth business and I just – love that the world is my oyster because of this. I've experienced the self-worth, the self-belief, 
and no one can take that away from me. So if you're, if you're a person who's really managed to harness and channel the lucky feeling, what we mean by that is, again, it's the positive. I can have anything I want in my life if I roll up my sleeves and get down to it. And do you know what? If it fails, if I've done everything I can and it fails, fine. Healthy attitude, I'll put it aside. I know when to call it quits. I'm going to put my energy to the next thing. I can build another business from the ground up. I'll find another lover. You know, it's that's the thing it's the failure that was my next thing I was going to say is that the the greatest gift that you can give to yourself is the ability to be able to fail if you don't know how to fail you can never know how to succeed where the real learning happens it is it is and it's where the tenacity and the drive and the the ability to get up and pick yourself up and try again really sorts out the wood from the trees. And my husband said the most beautiful thing to me last week, and I want to share it here for everyone because it just gave me an aha moment. Um, I was having a moment the other week where, like, literally curled up fetal position on the carpet having a <laughs> over something that I was really stuck on. And my husband said to me, you know what? You've hit a stumbling block. 99% of people in life, when they hit these moments, they just curl up like you're doing and then they just go back to it's easier just to be normal or average or just keep going on with my life and not push through it. He said, you are going to push through this. You're going to push through this is what separates the wheat from the chaff. It's going to make you amazing. And when you get to the other side, it's going to be so addictively incredible that you just have to push through this. And I just, it's yes. 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 <laughs> I have a, a beautiful friend that is a AFL All-Australian footballer. And I remember talking to him once about goal setting and the fear, what fear holds people back and, and what's it like when you know that you're in a crucial part of a game and, you know, you're going for goal and it's your job to kick that bit of pig skin through two big sticks. And he's, and I said, what happens when it goes off the side of your boot and it's through for a point or even worse out on the fall? You know, massive embarrassment. You've got a hundred thousand people all booing you. You've got people at home in their TV rooms throwing things at their TVs and abusing you. He says, actually, I know my averages. I actually get quite excited because I know the next shot I have is going to go through. Oh, it's such a mental mind game battle. And another friend of mine, Brett Ma, who, uh, it was a, is a four time Olympic basketball player. For years and years, when basketball is one of those funny games that it can come right down to the last two seconds and the scores are tied quite common and they've got two seconds to make a play, he was always the guy that the ball had to get past to for him to shoot the basket. And I said, how do you get into that frame of mind that you've got the confidence to always take that? And he said, because I'm the one that's out there that when other people are practicing and they shoot 50 baskets and say they're done, he shoots 500. That's Don Bradman. He just yeah, it's the same thing. He should yeah. practice off yeah. the side of the wall with a stick and yeah. something, and he just did it over and over and over and over and over and over again until he could get any single shot that that ball ricocheted off at any angle, he would get it. Absolutely, which leads us to knowing about what we're good at and what we are good at. And there is not a human on this planet that isn't born with an incredible mind that they can tap into whatever it is that they are good at and then get better at it. Keep going, keep practicing until you are a true master of whatever it is that you're good at and then watch everyone say to you how lucky you are. Yeah, oh, my gosh, well, it's all right for her. She went to a good school and her parents always had money. <laughs> yeah. 
know, whatever. What about the pianist that they said to him, uh, some woman said to him, I'd love to be able to, I'd give my life to be able to play the piano like that. And he said, madam, I did. Yes. Or the golfer who said, you know, they said, uh, I'd love to be able to play golf and hit a golf ball like you can. And, and he said, no, actually, you'd like to hit a golf ball like I can if it was easy. Oh, I love it. Do you know why the lotto thing bothers me? Just got to get back to lotto. Okay. Yeah, because it's about victim mentality. And so the opposite of what we're talking about is it's the people that sit back and they say, oh, well, I never had a chance because the Liberal government did that. You know, they, they're against us. Or, you know, <laughs> oh, well, you know, get up and, oh, it's a terrible day because they watch the news and see what people are doing with the world. How am I supposed to be happy when there's children oh. dying in Ethiopia or whatever it is? Or, you know, and then down to the smallest thing, well, well, I've had a terrible morning because the girl at the bank was just so mean to me and whatever and I've been on the phone with Optus all morning and that you know and it's all of that blame 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 nothing is my fault everything is everyone else's problem and it's victim 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 and it's passive and it's weak but it's also blocked by a lot of fear and a lot of self-worth issues because if we get right deep down into it the reason those people are not getting up in the morning and pushing through stuff anyway or saying stuff you I'm going to get what I want I'm going to do it I'm going to do it off my own energy my own will my own self-discipline you know there's a lot of um I'm not good enough, what if I fail, what will people think? I've never seen that modelled in my family anyway. I don't know what it looks like to bounce out of bed in the morning and conquer three empires, you know. It is hard to change that patterning when you've not had the role models. And that's where, you know, I come back to I really was so blessed. I get that I was very fortunate to have a very clever parents, particularly my mother, who really very, very, and she was, you know, this is, I was born in 63. So she was 20 years old when she had me, 20 years old, somehow, she had this wisdom that she was going to brainwash her baby girl and then two years later her baby boy. So I was very blessed. So I get that it's very hard to break that pattern when you've not had the role model. But you can start with tiny things. So you get up in the morning, your alarm didn't go off, you've spilt your coffee down your shirt and you can't get a park at work. So it's a bad day. What about just changing your words from it's a bad day to it's a bad moment? At any given point, you can change your moment to be a good moment. It's funny, I had this lovely housekeeper who was saying to me um, towards the end of last year that it was in September and she said, I can't wait for this year to be over. It's been a bad year. And I thought, my gosh, we've still got three and a half months to go. She's going to live the next three and a half months having a bad three and a half months. Mm. We can We can stop that victim story at any moment. It's a discipline. So it wasn't great that your alarm didn't go off, that you spilled the coffee, that you couldn't get the Rockstar car park. That's not great. You've missed your first client. However, from this point forward, I'm going to observe positive things and I'm going to change my mindset and it's going to be a good day from here on end. Do you know that you can just do the simplest things in that regard? Like, you know, when they say smile, even if you don't feel like it, because it actually releases chemicals in your body that make you happier. Or like I've got a girlfriend with chronic fatigue and the minute she feels a wave of just heaviness and like, you know, that feeling coming over her body, uh, she does a pattern interrupt. So she jumps up and like does downward dog on the floor, like yoga position or something, just to shake yourself out well, of it. Downward dog is actually one of the yoga positions that actually is very good for people that suffer from depression. Ding, ding. I know. I there you go. go. No, it actually is. And you'll find actually naturally that some of the movements that you are doing in your body, that you do, you suddenly do a weird stretch and you think, why did I do that? 
if you become consciously aware of that, you'll actually realize, actually, I'm feeling a bit better. There's some great body movements that really do change things. So sometimes you have to physically pick yourself up by the bootstraps and shake yourself out of a thug because we're all human and we all do have days or moments where you want to kill someone or whatever. But, you know, of course, we're talking about the majority of the time, you know, is, is your cup half full or half empty and really get responsible for your mental process, for the voice in your head and what it says and how it observes the world around you and how it builds and constructs your reality. Now, I want to talk a bit about free will and destiny and stuff here, which of course again ties into my work as a psychic and people's paths and people's journeys and luck versus, you know, winning the lotto or does, you know, does, I mean, not luck versus winning the lotto, but as in luck and the concepts of do you just win stuff randomly? Are you just lucky? Or does stuff happen to you? Or is there a middle ground in between? And from my experience, I've done over a thousand hours of channeling now of observing the universe and many of the very different types of souls who inhabit it. I believe that it's something of a bit of both. It's a, it's a little bit of a combination because I feel that while in a higher level we do put up our hand and choose to come down into our lifetimes and we line up a lot of stuff we want to work through. I want to work on this lesson. I want to have this you know, karmic incident with somebody. I want to get resolution on something. I choose to have this person be my father. I choose to have this person be my husband or my, my daughter because those are souls that I need to figure some more stuff out with, have my learning with, blah, 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 blah. So a lot of it to that end is predestined. But in amongst that, we have free will. And at any time, you have the choice to reject, to embrace, to say yes, to say no, to take this path, to take that path. And so while there are goalposts and things that really almost scream at us or magnetize to us and your gut feeling can go crazy, if you do find yourself walking that path, it's probably not the one that's most in alignment with your true self. So your, your little guideposts are there. But you can still get up in the morning and do exactly what you want. What do you think, Jane? I agree. Absolutely agree, yeah. 100%. We do have free will, and it's very, very important to remember that. I love that movie, Sliding Doors. Yes, Did you see that? Yes. Okay, so the concept there was that, uh, that I think the movie played out where it was two parallels. Two parallels. And what if you got on the train that went this way? That went that way. This is how your day is going to play out. But yep. what if you didn't get on that train? This is the way your day is going to play out. And we do have that free will, and we do have the choices. So it is a case of in any given moment, you hold the power to create your own reality based on what it is that you're observing, what it is that you're allowing in your thought process, and what it is that you're actioning. You choose that. Nobody else. Nobody chooses my thoughts. Nobody chooses my words. Nobody chooses how I am feeling. I choose all of this. I create my own reality. So the most empowering thing about that is that if I create my own reality, then I am responsible for everything that happens within my life the good and the bad. And that is a massive thing for many people to get their head around. Yes. It is such a concept that is so threatening and, and, and it seems like hard work. Whoa, does that mean I have to go away and work on everything? Well, yes, you do. And, again, this goes back to the victim blame stuff. There comes a point in your life where even if your father was the worst person to walk the face of the earth or you have a boss who is tough as nails or yes, the girl in the bank did say something mean or, or whatever happens, there comes a point where you have to accept responsibility for how you react to that, to those things. So, and, and, you know, concepts of forgiveness and all of that. Forgiveness doesn't say what you did is okay to me. Forgiveness says I release myself from the heaviness of this energy and I allow myself to move on. That's nice. I like that a lot. <laughs> I like that a lot. So how we react is key to how lucky we are in life. 
And I feel that for me to be able to have developed over time the tools to be able to react with great awareness has given me the freedom to be able to go after anything I want in life. Mm. So, for example, the girl is mean to me in the bank. So I can give her a piece of my mind. Then I can walk out the door and I can let it go. Or I can hang on to it and let it stew away and have pain in my stomach for the rest of the day. Or I can choose to ignore her and let it go. Or I can ignore her and then have a conversation in my head for the rest of the day about, wish I'd said this, wish I'd said that, and the pain is still in my stomach. And you go home and make everyone else's life pain. Yeah, that's true. Yes, punch out on somebody you can. <laughs> um, or I can choose to firmly state I don't feel that that was appropriate, that I was spoken to in that way, and I'd appreciate it if you didn't do that to me again in the future. And I can go out the door and hang on to that and keep playing it over in my mind and get angry and have that feeling in my stomach or I can let it go. And you know what? Once you're really used to doing a lot of this kind of work very consciously, you're just really geared to always viewing the world in a way of conscious awareness. You're just very, very conscious about every single interaction that you have, no matter how small killing a mosquito or how large, you know, we're wars, okay? Um, there comes a point where you can just look at people and when, however they're acting towards you, you can just look at them almost like a step back, put a bit of almost distance between the two of you and, and say to yourself, I see someone in pain here. I just see someone in pain. And I, all I have right now is compassion. I don't even take any of this on because it's just not even, it's just not even anything it's to do nothing. with me. It is nothing. It is actually, so the, the, the fourth way to handle that scenario of the girl at the bank that's been mean is to come from compassion and to go, well, she's having a tough day. She might be having a tough life. And who am I to judge? Just let it go. It's her world. It's her reality. I create my own reality and I observe other people's realities. So become the observer rather than the reactor. So instead of, of, uh, of feeling and uh, thinking and speaking, think, feel, speak. Now I'm going to say something really fun about luck. Okay. So because I'm a psychic, every now and then I do end up at like a horse race or in a casino. She's going to give me the winning lotto numbers. I'm going to turn the podcast off right now. <laughs> yeah. And what happens is bloody radio stations ring me up with questions like that. So who's going to win the Melbourne Cup today? And this is what I've found because I've had to, had to, allowed myself to be put in a situation where I have to channel uh, professionally on questions like that. And I've been in a situation where I've sort of snuck into a casino. I was in, in one a couple of weeks ago with my husband. Ooh. And I was uh, walking around and I just thought, you know, I'm not going to put any money down here, but I'm just going to play a little mental game. How much of this can I channel the answer? Do you want to know the answer? Less than zero. The universe puts an automatic scrambler on. They immediately muck up my filter and nothing can get through. It, and, and now this, this leads interesting. Yeah, you cannot use your psychic powers to gamble. It is a, it is not a universal law. It's against universal law to do so, I believe, unless it comes from a place of complete unattachment or maybe for some sort of higher good. Like, let's just say there's a scenario where somebody needs to, you know, come into a great deal of money, maybe for, for a, a kid dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember, I remember one night actually, the only time it's ever happened, I was heavily pregnant. I was sitting at a blackjack table because my husband is obsessed with playing blackjack. And so I was, it was like midnight. I was exhausted. My feet hurt. I was so over it. And, um, 
and he said something to me about um it was either you know should I go the next card or what will the next card be and it just came to me and I told him because I just wanted to get out of it I just wanted to get out of there and bang there it was because I didn't care you can only get stuff when you don't care that's a Buddhist law of unattachment and it's a it's a really hard one do you know that in old legends and myths and stories the hero will often arrive at a door with no key and he, he has to get through the door because all the stuff's on the other side. It's like the end of the journey stuff, right? It's the point of the story. And the, the riddle is you can only get through this door when you don't want to get through the, when you genuinely lose all attachment to wanting to get through the door. That's ah. the only way it will open up. Impossible. Seems impossible. Ah. But it's a good little metaphor for our lives and for the now moment and for just releasing and relinquishing and trusting and letting go of the urgency and the control and all of those, those, you know, necessary feelings that we have to always want to push and force doors open and kick them open and shove them open and get, well, I'll go get another key then and I'll make it open on my time, on my terms. And how wonderful is it that luck is created by ourselves? that you can create anything that you want. So you are the lucky one and that is empowering. That's that's the definition of luck and it is that you make your own. It really, really is. Thank you so much for listening to us today on Love Life. You can catch us for free every Wednesday. A new podcast goes out on thewellnesscouch.com. You can also continue the discussion after the show on facebook.com slash love hyphen life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we can't wait to talk to you next week. See you later. Have a great lucky week. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening, and it's a beautiful day.